Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Yvonne Young, Tuesday, January 1st, 2013, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mike and Carol, the roommate told police that the man left his house here at 52nd and Custard, but now flyers like these are posted all throughout this Northside neighborhood. All I'm asking is that somebody help me find him and bring him home. 2013 did not start off the way Annette Perry expected. Each day that passes. Her son, Yvonne Young, vanished on New Year's Day and hasn't been seen since. He's not a person that would not contact me. Young LT is who I be. Young is 22. He's an aspiring rap artist known in Milwaukee as Young LT. He's well known in the community. And now the community is looking for him. His roommate told police Young left their house at 52nd and Custard abruptly back on the 1st without a jacket. It's believed he jumped into a car. A week later, there have been no calls, no credit card activity, leaving this mother to fear the worst. Any mother, any father would know how I feel right now. Because again, like I said, you don't bring a child into the world and you can't touch them and feel them. The family has saturated the neighborhood with this picture. We posted flyers from the north side to the south side. MPD's Sensitive Crime Division is looking into the case, but this mother is hoping someone can call police or her with information she desperately wants and needs about her child. Just please, please, either bring him home or give us some information so that we can bring him home. Yvonne Young goes missing on New Year's Day of 2013. He also goes by Young LT, his professional rap name. He identifies as a trans man. His mother, Annette Perry, became suspicious when she couldn't reach her son on New Year's Day. She goes over to his home that he shares with his roommate, Billy Griffith. She wants to know, where is her son? He tells her that the last time he saw Yvonne Young was around 1045 that morning when he got into a Chevrolet Impala. The Impala, according to Griffin, left their home near North 52nd Street and West Custer Avenue. According to Billy Griffin, he had never been heard from again. 
Annette Perry, on January 2nd, 2013, reports her son missing to the Milwaukee Police Department. The reason being, not only did he miss a family scheduled meeting, a celebration for the new year, but he also missed work as well as a scheduled meeting with other relatives for the following days. So on January 4th, 2013, his roommate, Billy Griffin, is brought in for further questioning by the detectives. The reason being is that through this time between January 2nd at the time that Annette Perry reported Yvonne Young missing in between the day of the 4th when Billy Griffin is brought in, Young's mother had found a cellular phone later traced to a man by the name of Ashanti McAllister. This phone was found outside of the home that both Billy Griffin and Avon Young shared. So when the detectives brought in Billy Griffin, they asked him, who is Ashanti McAllister? Billy Griffin panics. He freezes. He doesn't even know how to respond in this moment. Detective Timothy Graham, who was one of the initial detectives in investigating Yvon Young's disappearance, but also interrogating Billy Griffin, reports seeing this nervousness, this look of like dread over his face. Detective Timothy Graham wants to know more. He asks the tough questions. He gets Billy Griffin to admit that he lied about Yvonne Young leaving in a vehicle with someone else. And Billy Griffin ultimately begins to state that some other individuals were involved in the disappearance and the hateful homicide of Yvonne Young. Billy Griffin states that the gentleman by the name of Victor Stewart, Ashanti McAllister, Run Joseph Allen, Devin Latrez Seabury were all involved in the murder of Yvonne Young. It's also important to note that Billy Griffin and Victor Stewart were cousins. There's another important factor as we cover a hateful homicide. When we cover these cases, we have to take into account the fact that these murder victims are transgender, gender non-binary, or gender diverse. So detectives, knowing that Yvonne Young identified as a trans man, asked Billy Griffin if this had anything to do with Yvonne Young's murder. He said no. According to him, he had no idea that Yvonne Young was even transgender. So even as investigators are continuing to interrogate and question Billy Griffin on suspicions of the fact that this phone by Ashanti McAllister, and let me let you know that Ashanti McAllister, along with the other men, are members of a Chicago-based game called the Black Pea Stones. So as detectives, especially investigator Timothy Graham, continues to interrogate Billy Griffin. Billy Griffin continues just to pour out this information. He's just like this wealth of knowledge, and now he's wanting to tell his version of what has happened. He also goes into further statements during the interrogation, and he tells 
investigator, detective, Timothy Graham, that himself and the four other men took Young into the basement of the house that he shared with Young. They taped a plastic bag over his head, choked him with a chain until he lost consciousness, beat him with tools. In this moment, Griffin admits that he goes upstairs. He says that he feels the sense of guilt because of the fact that he's lived with Yvonne Young, that their families know each other. So he's feeling really guilty about what has happened. And so he begins to walk upstairs. As he walks upstairs, he says that he hears bang, 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 three gunshots. He turns around. Who does he see shooting Yvonne Young those three times? Ashanti McAllister. In that moment, detectives pause him and they want to know, why did Ashanti McAllister shoot Yvonne Young? Why did this happen? If it wasn't because he was transgendered, what was the reason behind this hateful homicide? Billy Griffin states that according to Ashanti McAllister and the rest of the men, that they wanted to get Billy Griffin readmitted into the Black P-Stones game. But also Billy Griffin had been talking to Ashanti McAllister, his cousin Victor Stewart, and all of them were talking about the fact that Griffin had believed that Yvonne Young had been stealing stuff from him, that he had been taking like merchandise and electronic items and selling it out of the home, and Griffin felt betrayed. He confides in Victor Stewart. Victor Stewart, who's also a member of the Black Peastone Gang, confides in Ashanti McAllister, who then develops a plan and a plot to murder Yvonne Young. And by doing so, this would then give Billy Griffin street cred. Detective's mouths drop. Griffin then continues to state that he recalls them all going into the basement after removing Young's body and cleaning it with bleach. That they rolled his body up in a sheet, placed it in Victor Stewart's car. He takes this car from his girlfriend, from his, excuse me, his wife, Victor Stewart's wife, who he had been having marital problems with. And so she had reported the car missing on January 1st. Now, what happened to the car? I'm going to tell you in just a moment. But what they do is, is that they go in Victor Stewart's wife's car. They take the body to a trash bin in the 8100 block of North 84th Street in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. They dump the body there and set it on fire. To validate what Billy Griffin was saying, investigators go out to the police and find a piece of duct tape with Victor Stewart's fingerprints on it in the basement of the home, as well as eight blood splatters on the basement wall and floor on a bucket. DNA results ultimately confirms that the blood turned out to be Yvonne Young's. In the trash bin, Griffin indicated that they found a chain, they found burned clothing, and that there had been evidence that someone had set a fire. Authorities also believe that Young was shot with a 22 caliber semi-automatic silver handgun owned by Bruce Christopher. The reason why the gun can be traced back to Bruce Christopher is because this is the last place that the gun had been located. 
When investigators brought in Bruce Christopher, he denies any knowledge of the Black Pea Stone schemes. He does admit to knowing Victor Stewart and he knows that Victor Stewart is a member, but he doesn't have any direct participation with the game himself or with the homicide of Yvonne Young. And because of his statement and his admittance, he was not charged in connection with Young's death, but he did face charges for illegal possession of a firearm. So subsequently, Stewart and Seabury pleads guilty to second degree reckless homicide and they ultimately become star witnesses against Billy Griffin and Ashanti McAllister at their individual trials. Because Billy Griffin, even though he was the first to confess, he goes back and decides to not plead guilty. So he decides to take his case to trial. And so what does Victor Stewart, his own cousin, he testifies against him. Also, Bruce Christopher, the gun owner, testifies against him as well as admittingly giving the gun to Victor Stewart, who then gave the gun to Billy Griffin, who then gives the gun to Ashanti McAllister to use to kill Yvonne Young. McAllister was convicted in June of 2013, and he was sentenced to life in prison and will not be eligible for, for, uh, for parole until the year of 2026. Griffin's first trial in February 12, 2014, came back as a hung jury to reduce his charges, to not have a lengthy sentence, he decides to plead guilty to reduce charges of hiding a corpse, harboring and aiding a felony by falsifying information, soliciting substantial battery, and he ultimately faces up to only eight years in prison. Run Allen was found guilty of murder and he too ultimately faced life in prison. So as we continue to go through this case, it's important to really understand Yvonne Young. And I really want to talk more about who he was and what he meant to the community and how this senseless, hateful homicide of this young individual who had his life ahead of him, he had goals and dreams and how all of that came to an end on January 1st, 2013. And though Yvonne Young's body has never been recovered, his memory continues to live on through his advocacy, through the work, through the music, through the connections that he's made through his mother and the foundations and so many other things that they are doing in the city of Milwaukee for Yvonne Young. I want to take a moment and I want to, you know, share with you all, you know, how this case has really impacted not only his friends, his family, his community, but then also the impact of how this has affected the transgender community. So many times we don't think about transgender men when we think about our community. 
And as a black trans woman, I can speak on to the fact that trans men are often overlooked. And I wanted to highlight Evelyn Young's case because it's so important to really shed the importance of trans masculine presence. Evelyn Young was open and proud of who he was. And though he didn't disclose to everyone, he did have his inner circle who knew who he was and he stood in his truth. He had begun to develop facial hair, so he had begun his medical transition around the year 2009, and he was really instrumental in just making sure that the community was aware of how to be proud of who you are and to never give up on yourself. And he continued to do that, and he continued to raise awareness not only within his family, but throughout his community. And so as we continue to look into this case, I wanna take a moment and really share with you how and what happened when these five men were charged in two and for the murder of Yvonne Young. Story mystery partially solved. A rapper goes missing and tonight investigators fear his body could be buried in a landfill. They think he was tortured and murdered by members of a violent gang and his body just thrown away like trash. Our Jeremy Ross has more from the news. The investigators say those connected to the murder tried to hide the brutal killing. The criminal complaint details bleach used to wash away blood and evidence burned. The police managed to find the remnants of a brutal crime. For weeks, a man was missing from his Northside home. 22-year-old Yvonne Young vanished January 1st. His mother, Annette Perry, his entire family, and his 12-year-old brother feared the worst. He has nightmares because he said he's not coming back. Wednesday, their nightmare became a reality. It's not. It's just not Five men are accused of playing a role in Young's disappearance. Prosecutors charge 37-year-old Ron Allen and 23-year-old Devin Seabury with first-degree intentional homicide. There was no reason behind this. There's nothing you could tell me that would make this Grief and pain begins to set in. Because he gave everything that he was. Court documents say Young's roommate, 26-year-old Billy Griffin, questioned him about a burglary the 22-year-old admitted to. Shortly after, four others visited Young's home, described by investigators as being part of the Black P-Stones, a street gang. One said Young couldn't be trusted. Investigators say the men took turns punching the 22-year-old. Young was taken into the basement, where court documents show Allen put a plastic bag over his head to kill him. Eventually, two men, including Allen, took turns strangling Young until he passed out, followed by gunshots. I don't want to know. I don't know how I know how he's thinking. I don't want to know the details. I just want to remember how he lives. On YouTube, the 22-year-old rapper went by the name Young LT. His family chooses to remember his love of music rather than the brutal crime five others are connected to. It is a way. Because what can you do from it now? And that's why it's so important. And you hear this, the anguish in Annette Perry's voice how she cannot even bear to hear the details of her son's death. But the good thing is, is that suspects were captured and caught and that they were sentenced. And even though they weren't convicted of a hate crime, they still were convicted for the homicides of Yvonne Young. As we think about the trial and we look into this, you know, and the, and the deliberations and all of this that, that was going on into this case, it's so important to think about the jury selection, the deliberations, the, the ultimate results. I, I gave you the, the, the final outcome. But it's also important to take a look into the process of this for this family. For some of the participants in this homicide, 
they were convicted relatively quickly. But for others, it took months, and this was excruciating for the family of Yvonne Young. What's really heartbreaking as well is that, again, when I think about how all of this could have been avoided, a simple misunderstanding regarding robbery, regarding something that it didn't even have to turn into. And so my heart breaks for this family. And even though it's been eight years, it still doesn't go away. But let's take a moment and look into the jury selection for Yvonne Young. Strange murder trial underway today in Milwaukee for a case where investigators never found the victim's body. Though prosecutors are confident they can prove 22-year-old Yvonne Young was killed, Alyssa McCready has the story. The jury selection is set to begin today for one of the suspects charged with murdering Yvonne Young. You may recall that was the gruesome gang homicide that happened on New Year's Day. Avon Young was an aspiring rapper known as Young LT, but on New Year's night at age 22, he was murdered in the basement of his Milwaukee house. Police say these five men are to blame, including Young's roommate, Billy Griffin. Charged with first-degree intentional homicide, Griffin's trial began today. According to the criminal complaint, Griffin told police they choked, beat, and shot Young, then dumped his body in a landfill. Crews unsuccessfully searched that landfill for Young's body. All I want is somebody to bring my baby home. We talked with Young's mother, Annette Perry, shortly after Young went missing. It hurts me. My heart is breaking because I can't lose my son. When her son is missing. The jury selection has began. All of them are facing first-degree murder. Annette Perry just wants justice. And as we continue to go through this case, we're going to discover some heartbreaking information. Information such as Yvonne Young's stepfather, Charles Perry, being friends with Victor Stewart. And though there's no connection of, of, of the stepfather being involved, nothing like that. But the thing is, is that you just see how these families are connected. And what's even more heartbreaking is that you, you, you hear in some testimonies from Yvonne Young's sister talking about how Billy Griffin was helpful in the vigil, how he stood there, how he was so supportive, and how they just could not believe that he would actually go and do something like this. And even though all of them, of course, we know um, were, were charged with first degree intentional homicide, the defendants did at that time around January 31st of 2013 decide not to plead guilty, except for, again, remember, that was going to be Bruce Christopher. That was also going to be the other two men and their roles in making sure that they spoke up against Billy Griffin and Ashanti McAllister for their roles. It's heartbreaking because if we take a look back into the first day that Annette Perry went looking for her son, you think to yourself, if Billy Griffin would have been honest, if he would have said things like, yeah, I know where Yvonne is, maybe they could have recovered the body. And when you hear this, this, this evidence of heartbreak and trauma from this mother, from his brother, from his stepdad, from his sister, all of them who were looking forward to spending time with him and to know that this is the outcome from someone that he trusted, is heartbreaking. It really is. 
And so I want to take a moment and talk about who Yvonne Young was. Who was he to the community and what he did to just best, you know, really be there for the community and be involved. He had came out with amazing songs. He did a remake to Kendrick Lamar's Swimming Pool and he called it Room Fool. Um, He was born in 1990 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Annette Perry and he was the stepson of Charles Perry and he had a younger brother named Jovan and a younger sister. He was really close to everyone involved, including his roommate. And the, the heartbreaking thing is, is that we have a source from the transadvocate.com and it quotes, it says that this is the official story. The official story is that nobody, not even the even Yvonne's roommate, Billy Griffin, knew of Yvonne's trans status. However, the source from transadvocate.com tells that the people who knew both Yvonne and Billy were aware of Yvonne's trans status. Contrary to what the media is reporting, Billy was also aware of Yvonne's trans status. It's apparent that Yvonne's friends knew about his trans status. And the fact that Yvonne was okay with friends like James and other individuals using his own name occasionally to refer to him also seems to contradict the notion that nobody knew about Yvonne's trans status. This is really important to highlight because I just wanted to take a moment to really give you an idea into Yvonne Young and who he was and the fact that he did not hide who he was. And so again, for Billy Griffin to go and tell authorities in that initial interrogation, that January 4th interrogation, that he was not aware of the gender status when he was not aware of who Yvonne Young represented to the community and who he was um, as a trans man, it was completely preposterous. We know from evidence from the fact that Charles Perry, Yvonne Young's stepfather, admits that he knew Victor Stewart. So that alone shows this direct connection into the fact that not only that Yvonne Young's family knew Billy Griffin's family, but also the fact that Billy Griffin would have knew that Yvonne Young was trans. The reasoning behind the fact that Billy Griffin, and this is my theory, the theory is is that Billy Griffin did not want to be charged with a hate crime. Recall that on episode three, the murder of Angie Zapata, that I had mentioned that in 2009, that that was the first homicide of a trans individual to ever be convicted of a hate crime. And so I think as, as I delved into this case, I take a deep look and I believe that Billy Griffin was worried that him and the four other men would be charged with a hate crime. And so he devised the plan in response because he had to have a suspicion that he would be looked at as the roommate. And he knew that this this concept of a hate crime and what that looked like was becoming really, really big in the media. And just Potter's case was very big for the trans community. So my belief is that he knew that once authorities knew that Yvonne Young was trans and correlating that into the disappearance of Yvonne Young as well as the subsequent homicide, Billy Griffin knew that he needed to deny culpability and say that he had no idea that Yvonne Young was trans, even though we know that that was not the case. What is really heartbreaking is the fact, again, that this family has had to memorialize Yvonne Young. They have not been ever been able to really give him a proper burial. And the fact that his body will never be recovered is still heartbreaking to this day. 
This case garnered a lot of attention. Not only was it really one of the first most visible cases for a trans man of color to be covered throughout the media so extensively, but it was also, again, shedding visibility into the violence that trans men face. I spoke to a really good friend of mine. Um, he has an organization called Invisible Men. They have chapters throughout the US. He identifies as a trans man of color and he disclosed to me as I spoke with him about this case that trans men, trans violence, trans masculine violence has been prevalent forever but it has become more visible really as we think beginning around the year 1993 with Brandon Tina's case again that was a case that I mentioned in episode one regarding um, the homicide of Amanda Milan and so that was the first time where we had really heard this idea of trans men and their visibility and what that looked like throughout the LGBTQ community and the community really rallied around Yvonne Young as well. There was a heavy visibility from the trans masculine community as well as the LGBTQ plus community as a whole to really make sure that they were um, that they were raising awareness and visibility for Yvonne Young. And so as we take a look in this case and we think about the fact that Yvonne Young, this open and proud trans man to his family, to his friends, to his community, and the fact that he had this record deal that he was gonna get ready to sign in just a few months in Atlanta. His inspirations were Lil Wayne, Young Jock. He loved, you know, Jermaine Dupree. He had a really big inspiration for Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd. So he really looked to these musicians and really wanted to mold then craft his music into something similar. And I'm gonna share a piece of his music with you in a little bit. And I mean, it is absolutely a masterpiece. The way that he was able to produce and craft and really get this song out here. And if you get a chance to go and check out any of his music, I encourage each and every one of you to do so. But what I also wanna make a really, really important statement is about trans men in general. So for those who do not know, trans men are typically individuals who transfer, who transition from um, assigned sex female at birth to male. You can socially transition by changing your pronouns to he, him, his. You can even medically transition by beginning testosterone and developing facial hair. And Yvonne Young had begun that process. He had begun both socially transitioning as well as medically transitioning. I want to also make another note that Yvonne Young oftentimes would also go by Evan. It's spelled the same. Some people pronounce it Yvonne. Some people pronounce it Evan. Some sources, media sources have pronounced it either way. My belief is that if we could hear from Yvonne Young, I believe that he would probably prefer Evan. But since so many sources have covered it and pronounced it as Yvonne, we'll still pronounce it as Yvonne for that sense. But I did just want to preface that as well. But he has so much going for himself. You know, um, the, the problem that Yvonne's family had come to, you know, they had come to the apartment to retrieve Yvonne's belongings. And some other things that they had noticed um, is that the coat that the roommate claimed that Yvonne Young had left 
you know, that they ultimately realized that that was found in Billy Griffin's room. So they were trying to figure out why is it that the, the jacket um, that Yvonne Young would have typically left with, why was that in his room? Billy Griffin, and I want to just emphasize him more so than the others in this instance because of the fact that he was the closest to Yvonne. He was his roommate. But I want to keep in mind that Ashanti McAllister was the mastermind. He was the one who wanted Yvonne Young dead. He knew that Yvonne Young had been involved in some kind of burglary. He knew that Billy Griffin had been complaining about, you know, Yvonne Young. And he also, in my belief, that, uh, that he knew that Yvonne Young was a trans man. There had been some sources stating that there had been transphobic and homophobic remarks made about Yvonne Young using his own name, you know, misgendering him, you name it. So, and these were conversations that were happening in the home that Yvonne Young shared with Billy Griffin when Yvonne Young was not there. So the fact that, again, to say that his gender identity had nothing to do with it was preposterous. But what I want to do is take a moment and share with you kind of the conclusion of how these men were found guilty in the murder of Evan Young. I really just want to just share with each and every one of you exactly how important this case was. In six months since the murder of Milwaukee rapper Yvon Young, and even though his body has never been found, a jury convicted one man in his death. FBI's in Cold News, Mike Anderson, live at the courthouse where Young's family says that they're finally seeing justice. Justin, it's been a long six months for the family of uh, Yvon Young. He was beaten, choked, and shot in the basement of his home. And today, a jury convicted one of the five men charged in the case. We are happy that, you know, um, the jury could see, you know, what we could see. Charles Perry is the stepfather of aspiring Milwaukee rap star Yvonne Young. Also known as Young LT, the 22-year-old was murdered last January. Five men were charged, including his roommate, Billy Griffin. A jury was unable to reach a verdict in Griffin's trial last week, but Thursday, another jury convicted suspect Ashante McAllister, and the family now feels the wheels of justice are turning in their favor. We do uh, appreciate, you know, the job that the district attorney did, and um, we felt like, you know, we definitely got you know, some justice in this situation. Two of the suspects, Victor Stewart and Devin Seabury, have already pleaded guilty in exchange for lesser sentences for cooperating with prosecutors. It's been a long, painful year for Young's family. His body was thrown into a dumpster and never found. It's kind of um, dragged out a little bit throughout the year, so it's a little bit difficult because it reopens wounds. McAllister is expected to be sentenced in August, and uh, one other suspect, Ron Allen, has yet to go to trial. Meantime, the roommate, Billy Griffin, may be retried. Live at the county courthouse in Milwaukee, Mike Anderson, WISN 12. And what's heartbreaking about this as well is that, you know, his stepfather, again, was friends with Victor Stewart. So all of this, again, you know, it's so great that there was justice served in this hateful homicide. And as we prepare to conclude, I just wanted to just make a, a, a statement and just, again, just give kudos to Yvonne Young. 
I relate to him so much, not only because we both were born in 1990, but we both have supportive mothers. I related to Angie Zapata as well. And again, I just wanted to take a moment and just thank him for everything that he has done. So my brother, Ivan Young, Young LT, we remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever and always. I want to share this amazing song again. This is a remake to Kendrick Lamar's Swimming Pool. And this is a song by Young LT, Swimming Pool's remake, Rooms Full. Yeah, Young LT, baby. Unleashed part two, what it do? Uh, let's keep it frank. I ain't no drinker, but I'll tell you what I will do. Okay, okay. Roll up and I uh, take a headshot and I uh, when I sit down, I'm a uh, when I stand up, I'm a uh, and if I pass, I'll be cause I uh, but when I wake up, I'm a uh, goddamn, I'm faded cause I cause I cause I okay. Young LT is who I be every time I pass, I'm smelling like trees. Kendra Lamar, I know you were starting, no matter to me, all money is green. Hit my line if you need that pine, satisfaction guaranteed. Or we can mask and lap on a couple of tracks and roam the streets. I was born into this life, but the popularity, I had to adapt to my habitat, so I tried to get to the sweeter thing. Drink silver and gold, blue, good bag, big boy, I'm about that cream. Pops a couple of chairs to Adidas, then the flash reversion green. Why you play around? Two and three blunts. I'ma show you how to get fucked up. You turn into a room full of loud, where they hot boxing. Room full of loud, where they hot boxing. Half a bottom draw, and a half a bottom push. I keep it frankly, you ain't gon' catch no ratty push. Headshot and I, when I sit down, I'm a, but when I stand up, I'm a, and if I pass, I'll be cause I, but when I wake up, I'm a, goddamn, I'm faded cause I, cause I, cause I, whoa. My conscience is the problem, why I'm a monster, so I smoke the side, calling the cannon a while, I'm blind on gas, I'm out of the models, live my life fast, ain't worried about comma, doing these tracks, do a side bomber, lyrical assassin, kid through a summer, glory 47, that is a bombing, huh? OG Kush, aka that stupid dumb retarded, and that sour diesel, real and pizza, smell like somebody. Amsterdam, the motherland, I said, another one of my dogs. I smoke in the script as I spit this loud diet, never starve. Why you playing around? Up in two or three blunts. I'ma show you how to get fucked up. You turn into a room full of loud, where they hot boxing. Room full of loud, where they hot boxing. Half a bottom draw and a half a bottom juice. I keep it frankly, you ain't gon' catch no ranting bush. Because when you're in a room full of loud, Take a headshot and I, when I sit down, I'm a, but when I stand up, I'm a, and if I pass, I'll be cause I, but when I wake up, I'm a, goddamn, I'm faded cause I, cause I, cause I, whoa. Hot box in the bathroom, like niggas did in the back of school. Hot box in your ride, bought some niggas and some bitches, had sessions tonight. I'm down, yeah, and I'm high, aerophysics, masterpiece, my motivation, I live my life with no limit, and the vision, I picture the millions of winners, my niggas with winners, they tend to put in as a hater, the minutes like 50 years, you know we smoking 50. Why you play around, up in two or three blunts, I'ma show you how to get fucked up, you turn into a room full of loud, where they hot boxing, room full of loud, where they hot boxing, half a bottom draw, and a half a bottom twist, I keep it frankly, you ain't gon' catch no ready. 
and I take a headshot and I when I sit down I'm a but when I stand up I'm a we remember you my brother Evan Yvonne Young 1990 to January 1st 2013 we remember you my brother rest on thank you all again so much for listening to this episode of a hateful homicide please join us next saturday at 12 p.m pacific standard time and also follow us on instagram at a hateful homicide like us on facebook a hateful homicide use the hashtag a hateful homicide hashtag ah hashtag say ah hashtag transgender awareness and hashtag suspenseful saturdays again thank you so much for taking the time to listen please continue to share these cases are important their voices matter again see you all next time on a hateful homicide